Amen. God bless you, choir. What a powerful message and such a strong reminder to us of the goodness, grace, the mercy, the love, the redemption, the salvation that we have in the name that is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that you're able to declare today that it is well within your soul because you have that personal relationship with Christ Jesus. What a privilege it is to be able to be here today at Westside Baptist Church. I, I love your pastor, David, doing such an amazing ministry, amazing work here at Westside. Grateful for his leadership. Grateful for you as a church, for your vision to reach the nations and to be a part of fulfilling the Great Commission, your commitment to the cooperative program, and the many other ways that you are expanding the work of the kingdom and sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a, what a wonderful church and what a, what a great testimony you present and in, in, in fulfilling the very work of the kingdom together here at Westside. It's a joy to see uh, Pastor Gary here today. We've known each other for many years. Uh, he's a little older than I am, but we've known each other for many years nevertheless, and it's so good to see him. And congratulations to you, and we were so excited for this news and seeing uh, Dan and Peggy Malden, great friends as well, uh, through the years, and it's great to see each of you here today. Dan and Peggy Malden, great friends as well, uh, through the years, and it's great to see each of you here today. I invite you to open God's Word today to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to be focusing on verses 15 and verse 16. And I would ask you that if you're able, that you would stand in honor of God's precious Word. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Father, we pray your blessings upon your word today. We pray that it will speak truth into our lives, that your Holy Spirit will fall freely as fire upon us, and that we will find our lives in obedience to your will and to your word. May your Holy Spirit, Lord, draw us unto you today to a deeper relationship to many and to that saving relationship. And Lord, we pray that you will use this time for your honor and for your glory alone, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. On July 10, there was a story reported by both the Miami Herald and the Bay News 9 of a family that were traveling down I-75. They were in a larger SUV, a Ford Excursion. And as they were making their way down I-75 South, the rear tire of the Excursion suddenly blew out. This caused the driver to lose control of the vehicle. They swerved into the grassy median. They hit and flipped over the guardrail, and the SUV landed upside down. Well, as we know the business of all of our interstates here within Florida, everyone was beginning to stop, and by now there were dozens of individuals that were gathered around the SUV trying to assess the situation and determine how they might be able to help. As they were able to get there, there was a, two passengers in the front seat, and they were able to get them out. But at that time, they were screaming that our daughter, our daughter is in the back. And so they, they went around the vehicle because they couldn't see from the side that they were able to get the adults out of. And there they saw an arm protruding out from the vehicle that was turned upside down of this nine-year-old girl. Immediately, everyone jumped into action, and there were dozens of people, as many as 50 people, according to the news report, from all walks of life who just got together and they lifted, they, they pushed up this SUV so that they were able to get the young girl, free her from under the vehicle. 
one of the individuals who was interviewed said it was surreal. People were coming together. Everyone. They had shorts and flip-flops and three-piece suits. It didn't matter at that moment. There was a crisis and everyone was ready to respond. And because of their response, the young girl was able to be freed and ultimately she is doing well. The individual who was interviewed said this, I think we were reminded how powerful we are together. Especially during those times, we can do a lot of great things. There's such truth found in that statement for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must stand together. And we can do great things in Christ together. We can turn the world upside down together. We find so often the church that we are divided and there is schism, and there is, there, is, there is discord even among the body of Christ, among the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we cannot take pleasure in the failing and the falling of others. We cannot be envious and jealous of the work of the Lord that is taking place there and maybe not here. We need each other, and standing together requires that in the good and the bad, in the easy and the hard, in the smooth and the rough, we are together. For you see, standing together means that there will be times when the able has to stand for the unable. When the one who is healed needs to stand for the one who is hurting. When the one who is well has to take position for the one who is broken. When the stronger has to stand for the weaker. We need to stand together to lift the heavy and oppressive load of the evil that is found around us and that is real within our world. For you see, some of you came here today. You're worn out and you're worn down and you're overcome and you're overwhelmed and you came here today hoping and praying that there would be someone who would stand with you. You see, the day is coming when you will be unable, and you will pray and hope for someone who is able to not give up on you, to not abandon you. We need each other, and quite honestly, in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are all that we have. We are all that we have. We are all that we have together in Christ, and we must stand together. We must stand together without regard to ethnicity. We must stand together without regard to personal power, position, and prestige. We must stand together without regard to our own agendas. We must stand together when everyone is trying to pull us apart. We must stand together because we need each other in Jesus Christ. You see, the Scripture gives us a strong admonition this morning. See then that you. See then that you. It reminds me almost of when my mom used to point her finger at me and say, you'd better pay attention. I mean, it's just that strong. It's see then that you. Can, can we just allow that word of God to fall upon this place? Can we just allow that, that very powerful admonition to fall upon our hearts? It's a personal call. It's a personal challenge. It's a personal conviction. It's a personal commitment. See then that you, see then that you stand together. Now, I'm grateful that the Word of God clearly defines how we are to stand. We're not left to question this. We're not even left to debate this. 
We're not left to try to figure this out. Very clearly, this word calls us to that place of unity in Christ where we have a mission that we are to be about, and when we stand together, we are able to do great things for the Lord Jesus Christ. So how does he define this challenge? He says, walk circumspectly. Now, I'm just going to be very upfront with you. I didn't use that word this past week, circumspectly. I wasn't hanging out with my buddies and said, hey, circumspectly. I mean, that's just not a word we use very often, is it? It's a very powerful word. Walk circumspectly. And he even defines that not as fools, but wise. So walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. This is defining who you are. This is defining your responsibility before God. This is addressing your accountability within the Lord. To walk circumspectly. That's who He's called us to be. That calling upon our life. Now the word for walk doesn't necessarily mean the gate of our, of our movement. It's not talking about just how we walk around. It's talking about our behavior. It's referencing the comportment of our life. For you see, it does matter how we behave. It does matter how we relate who we are in Jesus Christ. Our character does have content. And our duty is found in our doctrine of who we are in Jesus Christ. And so he says that you are to pay attention, walk circumspectly. Your behavior, your comportment is very important. And then he uses that word circumspectly. And that carries the idea of being accurate, of being careful, having a strict, disciplined way of life. So we are to behave accurately. Our comportment is to be disciplined. Who we are is to reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says that we are not our own. We have been bought with a price through the precious blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ the Lord. Therefore, glorify, glorify Jesus Christ in everything in who you are. And so he says, walk circumspectly. And then he speaks of our character within that. Not as fools, but as wise. These are two Greek words that are just put beside each other. And all that he does is put a negative on one, and and, and the negative is not found on the other. Sophia, asophia. Foolish, asophia. Wise, sophia. And so he's using a play on words to say it's just one really small step that can make you foolish. But in Christ, you are wise. In Christ, you have, through the Word of God and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, everything that you need, everything that I need to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. In Ephesians 4, verse 17, the Bible says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of their mind. In verse 17 of this same chapter, he says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And when we learn to walk in that manner, we are able to stand together to bring honor unto our Lord. Now, we are being presented 
in the state of Florida with an opportunity to change the entire conversation across the Southern Baptist Convention about being the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we're not talking about a a missions percentage. We're talking about the church being the church. Because all eyes are upon our state. And what we are seeing happen in Florida right now is sending waves across the entire Southern Baptist Convention. Because we are seeing all of our churches coming together as one. We're not seeing that we identify just as a, a black church or a Hispanic church or a Haitian church or an Anglo church or a Japanese church or a Korean church. No, we are seeing that we are coming together as the Lord's church. And we are one church under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And we're not a church that is divided. We're not a church that is separated. We're not a church that is segregated. But instead, we are allowing our behavior to be one wise where we love one another trust one another and believe with all of our heart that it will take all of us standing together to reach florida and beyond with the gospel of the lord jesus christ if a church today if a church today does not find itself being multicultural multi-ethnic and multi-generational then it is not a church that aligns itself with the New Testament. Florida is a state in which we have the opportunity to say we are one in Jesus Christ. And the church today must stand together and denounce bigotry, racism, and prejudice at its every level and strike it out and be the body of Christ that brings glory unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Walk together. Walk circumspectly. We are a blood-bought church. We are purchased by the very blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ the Lord. And when Jesus went to the cross, He took on the sins of the whole world. And He sacrificed Himself that every person, whosoever, will call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. And God have mercy upon us if by our own lack of wisdom, if we act foolish and we turn people away from Christ rather than drawing them to Christ, then we cannot be the church that will honor Jesus Christ and His precious word. So we are to walk circumspectly, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Walk circumspectly, redeem the time. Walk circumspectly is who you are. Redeeming the time is what you do. It's our privilege. It's our opportunity. And we're called to redeem the time because the days are evil. We could chronicle that, but we don't have to. (laughs) Just turn on the TV and you see the evil. Just pick up any kind of newsprint, you see the evil. Just go to your tablet or your phone and follow a news feed and you will see the evil. And in the midst of evil, we are called to redeem the time. That is what we are to do. Now the reality is, is that the days are evil. The word for evil is the word poneros which we gain the word pornography in our, in our current vernacular. It is the idea of that which is base and lewd. It is that which is broken in pieces, that which has no value. 
It's a very powerful word, but it is a word that aptly describes the culture in which we live. We live in a broken world. We live in a world that does not value. We live in a world that is constantly tearing down and never lifting up. We live in a world that is filled with selfishness and greed, that is filled with everything that individuals want within their own heart, and they're willing to give everything and do anything to get and to gain more and more. And Jesus said that is the very world in which we live. In John 10, 10, he says, The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he is extremely proficient in all of those areas. But praise God that Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. The Word of God encourages us in redeeming the time. He says, you are of God, little children, because you have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And so we are called to redeem the time. And we're all we have in Christ. And we must stand together. But then we can simply do more together than any of us can do individually. But simply standing together is not the answer. We must stand together in Christ. And we must stand together under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We must stand together under the authority of Jesus Christ because the days are evil. Now, the word for day is an interesting word. We may want to think it's a special word, but but no, it's just the word day. (laughs) Monday's evil. Tuesday's evil. Wednesday's evil. Oh, Thursday's evil. Guess what? You don't get a reprieve on Friday. It's evil too. Saturday's evil. And unfortunately... Sunday's evil. The days are evil. Satan never takes a reprieve or a retreat. He doesn't go on sabbatical. He doesn't take a vacation. He is constantly seeking whom he may devour. One of my dear friends in ministry, on a Sunday morning, had an experience that totally destroyed his ministry. He called me weeks after this event and said that he had to resign his church. And he said, I can't even begin to describe what's happened in my life. He said, I'd finished preaching a sermon on a Sunday morning, just like I'm gathering here. He said, I was at the front at the altar. We were receiving people coming forward. A couple came forward. They were presenting themselves to join our church. They were, they were moving their membership or something along those lines. And he said, I shook hands with the, with the man, and, and he said, and then I, I shook hands with his wife. And he said, I can't tell you what happened. He said, but when, when our hands touched and our eyes met, he said, I knew right then there was something that was wrong. I was drawn to her, and he said, undoubtedly, she was drawn to me. And he said, over the next few weeks, we found ways to meet and get together and he said I had an affair and now I've lost everything Sunday at an altar in a Baptist church on a Sunday morning oh yes the days are evil 
And let us never think that we're immune to that. Let us never think that we're better than that or above that or beyond that. Let us never think that somehow we've built something around our lives that keeps evil away from me or away from you. Absolutely not. Any day. Every day. And so many people's lives are in bondage because of the day. And shackles because of choices and decisions that they've made within their life. And we are called to redeem that time. Because the days are evil. Now the word redeem is the idea of the refreshing of the Lord. Where God's goodness and His grace, His mercy floods into the day, into the life, and through our ministry together. I mean, this is, see then that you, remember? (laughs) We're to redeem the time. We, we are called to seize the moment, seize the day, make the most of every opportunity, believe that that kind of change can come in others' lives, that type of change can come in our lives, do everything within our ability and beyond because redemption only comes from Christ. Change only comes from Christ. Our lives can only be different because of who Jesus Christ is. And we're called to be a part of that great redemption story that was found only through Jesus Christ. And so redeem the time because the days are evil. Now the word time here is found in two different ways in the New Testament. One way is what is known as chronos, chronology, sequential time. It's time that says that right now it's about 1021 and you're already hoping that maybe I'm getting close to getting through with the sermon you know, that, that kind of time. <laughs> it's the time that you have marked on your calendar. That you know Monday or Tuesday, you know, you've got appointments. It, we all live under, under chronos. It's, it's just seconds and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years. That, that, that's, that's chronos. That's not the word he uses here. In the midst of the day, he calls us to redeem the kairos. And Kairos is found in multiple times in the Scripture kind of in a juxtaposition to Kronos because it's not sequential time, it's a season of time. It's an opportunity that is unique that God grants to us. It's a a moment that is God-prepared and God-ordained. It's a a season that, that, that will come and go. It's a moment that, that, that we must redeem, that we must take advantage of, that we must allow God to use us within because if we do not redeem that time, that season, then that opportunity may never present itself again. I think we can all look back in our lives. We can all think of those moments that we regret that we didn't say what we needed to say or do what we needed to do or give as we needed to give, love as we needed to love, care as we needed to care. I mean, th- this is not a foreign concept to us. We, we know we've had those Kairos type of moments in the midst of the Kronos of our life, and we got so caught up in Kronos that we didn't take opportunity to be a part of the Kairos experience that God had ready for us. That God had built that relationship or that God had led you to that person. God had ordained that moment 
that kairos opportunity to redeem the time. And yet we turned away. But here we see clearly within the Scripture that he points to us and says, See then, see then that you, see then that you redeem the time. See then that you understand how God can use your life in a very powerful way. And as we stand together redeeming the time, it multiplies the influence, it multiplies the power, it multiplies the very presence of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as we stand together to do what God wants us to do. And so this, this text cries out to my life and to your life, are you willing to stand together? Are you willing to stand together for Gainesville? Are you willing to stand together for Gainesville? Are you willing to stand together for the state of Florida? Are we willing to stand together for our own nation? Are we willing to stand together for the nations around the world? We can only do that when we learn how to walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time. Because the days indeed are evil. There was an amazing story that came out of Panama City off the beach recently. There was a family that had gone down to the beach to spend the day. The family had nine members within it. And as the parents and grandparents were seated there, the boys children, as they do, they take off, you know. And, and then they begin to realize, man, they're not around here. And they start looking, and, and, and they see that they've gotten out into the water. And, and not at a safe place, but, but further out. And, and, and the children were flailing. And they realized that they, were, that they were in danger. And so they just, without any regard to their own ability to do what needed to be done, they just all took off running out into the water to get where they were because of the way that the tides were flowing. They had been caught in this area that was now about 15 feet in depth and the tide and the way that the current was pulling, they couldn't get out of it. And they were there in peril. They were there about to lose their life. But once they got out there, they were found in that same place. They did not have the strength or the ability to bring everyone back to shore. There was a young lady, her husband, who had been at a restaurant there on the beach and they had finished dinner and they were just walking down the beach and she came across this little boogie board and she would picked it up and they were walking and talking. Her name is Jessica Simmons. And she said she saw people now standing and pointing and of course you know if people are standing and pointing at the beach first thing you think shark, shark, you know, shark week and all that kind of stuff. And then she said I realized they were pointing at this family. And, and she said the first thing that hit my mind is they can't drown. We've got to do something. And she just dove into the water with this boogie board to go out to rescue this family. And as she made her way out to them, the people who were on the shore, and there's a beautiful photograph, you just Google it up, you can find it. There were some 80 individuals who just started building a human chain out into the water. Side by side, side by side, side by side, all the way out to near where this family was at. And Jessica was able to grab one, bring it to the chain, grab one, bring it to the chain. And one by one, this, this, this human chain of people, they were able to draw every one of these family members back to the shore safely. They were willing to stand together. Well, not everyone probably could do everything, but, but, but man, they just gave themselves 
I mean, not, not everyone was on that boogie board. That was Jessica. But there were others who were willing to stand out there. And, and, and as they talked to people, some of them couldn't even swim. But it didn't matter. There were people who were drowning. And we had to do something. We had to do something. They were perishing. We couldn't turn away. And so 80 people formed a human chain to bring this family to safety. 20 million people in Florida. Statistics tell us that 80% of them are not engaged in any kind of local church ministry. Did you hear that? There are people perishing all around us that desperately need Christ. We live in a world that is divided sharply, that tensions rise up, and in a city within our own land, we see images that are heart-wrenching. And the Lord's calling the church to stand together, to walk circumspectly, to redeem the time, our season, our moment, our opportunity. Because the days, they are evil. And so this morning, we want to have a time of invitation and response. I don't know what this text has said in your heart. I don't know what the Lord's saying to you. He may be saying to you, don't give up on your husband. Don't give up on your wife. Don't give up on your son, your daughter. Don't give up on your brother and your sister. Don't give up on those relationships that God has uniquely given you. Redeem the time. And today, maybe you feel so alone in that, overwhelmed. And you just need to know that there are people who will stand together with you. And, and, and if you're in that very kind of situation, which we all are or have been or will be, and what I just ask you to do today would be to come and kneel here at this altar. Because I know that there are people who are here who will come and stand together with you. As they see you come and pray, there will be people who will come and place their hands on you and pray with you and pray for you and stand together with you redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Has there ever been a greater hour for the church to say, we want to be the body of Christ in our community, loving everyone? We want to model to a lost and dying world and a world that's filled with such anger and hatred that we are one in Christ. And we want to be that kind of church in Gainesville. We want to be that kind of church in Florida. We want to, we want to join with other churches and say, we are together and we'll stand together for the gospel. That may be the commitment you want to make in prayer. This morning, your pastor will be here at the altar. And it may be that you're all about walking circumspectly and you believe in redeeming the time, but maybe you haven't been together. Maybe you've been just walking a different path or maybe walking a path of resistance. And it's in every way impacting the church. And today, you just want to come by the pastor and say, Pastor, we want to stand together. We want to stand together. 
Man, I don't even know what that might look like. It may look like that everybody in this altar, everybody in this church is at this altar together forming a human chain here and just saying, we believe that God can do great things through Westside if we will stand together. Walk circumspectly. Be committed to redeem the time because the work is great around us and the days are evil. And maybe you just want to come and take that kind of stand here today. Maybe others here this morning who have never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And this is that moment for you. No one has to explain to you the evil of the days. You know it deeply within your heart. You know the pain of that. You know the hurt and the isolation that that brings to you. And this morning, very clearly, there is a Savior who loves you so much that he gave his life for you shed his blood for you, was placed in a tomb, and on the third day rose from the grave victorious, that through him you might have life, life abundant, and life everlasting. And he's calling upon you today to come and to receive this. Will you redeem the time today? Will you take advantage of this moment, this opportunity, never, ever again? Will you have this kind of moment in your life to say yes to Jesus Christ? And we encourage you to come, and they'll receive you and walk you through those very understandings through God's Word and how you can receive the salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray now for these next moments. Lord, I know that even now our minds may be thinking about what's next here, getting to a class, getting to this, getting to that. But Lord, help us to just focus upon what you have said to us by your spirit in this place through your word today. And Lord, standing together, that's what we must do. We can do no less because we're all that we have in you, Lord. And in you, Lord, we can do all things. In you, Lord, we can turn the world upside down. Lord, help us to take that stand together today. Help us to make those commitments even public today. Father, I pray for those that came here today that feel compelled to come and kneel at an altar and just cry out to redeem the time and the life of that one that they care about, the one that they love, the one that you have given them opportunity. There's such brokenness, Lord, around that today. We pray for the redeeming, refreshing, the healing of the Lord. And Lord, as they come and kneel and pray, I pray that the body of Christ will just come and stand together with them. Let them know they're not alone in this battle and this struggle, but, Lord, we are together in the gospel. Lord, I just pray for that person today who is seeking to know you and knows in their heart, Lord, that, that they need your forgiveness, they need your redemption, they need change that can only come through surrendering their life to you. That over these next moments, they will make that very decision of salvation. And we pray these things in the name above all names that of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus.